Welcome. You are listening to Bible teaching from Island Community Church in downtown Memphis, Tennessee. We hope today's message helps you grow in relationship with Jesus. You can access more gospel resources and ways to connect with our church at iccmemphis.com. Thank you for listening. Well, good morning. Um, My name is Caleb, and there's an extra chair up here, so if any of you want to come and sit, you're welcome. I'm just kidding. Uh, Some of you may know me uh, from TikTok. I have like 200 followers. The rest of you probably know me uh, as a student ministry coordinator here at ICC, and um, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to share with you this morning um, as we continue in our Good Neighbor series. And honestly, to share what God has placed uh, on my heart as it relates to what it means to be a good neighbor. Um, So the main point for today, for those who are taking notes, which I would encourage you to do, uh, is that good neighbors serve. But um, before we jump into our good neighbor value for the week, I want to take a brief moment to look at the last few weeks to help kind of frame what we're going to be talking about today. Is that okay? Good. All right, so this summer we've been in a series called Love Your Neighbor, and we're unpacking the parable of the Good Samaritan that Jesus told in Luke chapter 10. Right, if you're not familiar with that parable, don't worry, we're going to get there in a second. But um, I really believe and hope that this series enables and, yeah, it enables us to like grow in our understanding and in our embodiment of what it means to, one, know our neighbor, but two, be a good one, right? Um, So the first two weeks, Mitchell and Tom, not me, Mitchell, we're not the same person. uh, Mitchell and Tom helped us uh, answer the question, who is my neighbor, right? Mitchell helped us see that um, neighbors are those who are proximate to us. And Tom helped us see that neighbors are those who are in our pathways. And the reason we sought to answer this question and join the lawyer uh, in his question to Jesus is because if we generalize neighbor to mean just everybody, then we can easily minimize our love for them because neighbor isn't just a, a metaphor, um, but they're real people that we're called to love, right? So we landed that neighbors are those who are approximate to us and they're those in our pathways. Uh, But the next question that we sought to answer is, what kind of neighbor are you? And last week, Barrett brought us in to uh, seeing that good neighbors practice hospitality, right? Neighbors are those, good neighbors are those who welcome the stranger into their homes and into their lives, much like Christ has welcomed us into his, right? And this week, we're gonna be talking about good neighbors are the ones that serve. And so as we kind of like go into today, talking about good neighbors serve, um, I want to read the parable um, and then draw a few things that I think will be helpful for us today. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be Luke chapter 10, uh, verses 25 through 37. It says this, and behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus, he said to him, well, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And the lawyer answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly, do this and you will live. 
But the lawyer, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, well, and who is my neighbor? And then Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers who stripped him and they beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down the road and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he also passed on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was and when he saw him, he had compassion. And he went to him and he bound up his wounds and he pouring on oil and wine and then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day when he, the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of him and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. She said, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? The lawyer said, well, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. This is God's word. And this morning, I want to draw our attention uh, to a pretty specific phrase within this story. As Jesus is telling this parable, he kind of reaches a turning point um, when he says that a Samaritan, I'm gonna have it pulled pulled back up on the screen. A Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. A couple weeks ago, Tom talked about this concept, helping us to like identify uh, that in order to love our neighbors, we have to truly see them, see those in our pathways, right? But today I want to help us identify four different movements, that's what we're gonna call it, movements of service that good neighbors embody as they truly see those who are proximate to them and those who are in their pathways. And we're gonna run through them quickly because we value your time here at ICC. I'm not gonna make any Les Mis references. Um, so just bear with me, I'm just kidding. Um, I love you, Barrett. So the first movement of service is compassion. We see that when he saw him, he had compassion. So the first movement, movement that we see actually occurred within the heart of the Good Samaritan. And compassion is translated from the Hebrew word, we're going to try this, it's rachamim, okay, I've been practicing, which means mercy, like a deep mercy. And it's directly related to the Hebrew word rachim, which means womb, okay. So it carries this connotation of like a pregnant mother experiencing like a deep and physical movement within her that causes her to care, right. So this Like when compassion is used in the Old Testament, um, it's often done to describe the heart of God being stirred up with like deep emotion, causing him to act mercifully towards people, right? Compassion is not simply like a pity for someone experiencing brokenness, but it's an identification with them with that person in the brokenness that physically causes you to move towards them, right? So it's not just like, oh, I feel bad, but it's, it causes you to do something, right? It's a starting point of service. That's really what compassion is. And it leads us to our second movement, which is closeness. When Jesus, when the, when the Good Samaritan saw him, he had compassion and he went 
to him. And this may seem pretty like self-explanatory, right? But notice the difference between like the priest and the Levite compared to that of the Samaritan. When they saw the man, what did they do? They went to the other side. They like, they walked away. And, and the Bible doesn't say that they didn't feel compassion. And it doesn't say that they didn't feel pity, but they didn't move to him. And so there's this responsibility that we have as, as neighbors to move towards people, right? The second element, the second movement of good neighbors who serve is that of closeness, right? The Samaritan, he saw the man, he was moved with compassion and he moved towards him. I honestly feel like this is one of the hardest steps for us to take <laughs> with like the abundance of need that we have in the city and the abundance of need that we have just in the world and we see like the brokenness every day. Like we can easily have a sense of compassion but it's so like normal to see those things, you know? But Jesus, he calls us to love our neighbors and in order to do that, we actually have to go to them, to go to those who are proximate to us and go to those who are in our pathways that have needs, right? A couple weeks ago, uh, if you've been with us on our Wednesday night series, um, Pastor Steve Johnson has been uh, kind of guiding us through this conversation about race and the gospel. And one thing that he said during the first week is that the only thing that breeds empathy is proximity. So in order for us to truly like relate and identify with people in their need is by being with them and being close to them. So we must move towards people in need, right? So we know that we are, there's this movement of compassion that has to occur in our hearts. And then there's a movement of closeness that we draw near to others. But the third element is care. Look at that, see, 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 this is pretty easy, right? Um, it says that when he saw him, he had compassion and he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn to take care of him. What we see is that the Samaritan had compassion. He moved toward the man. And because of both of those movements existed, he was able to give the kind of care that the, the man needed. He provided it at the expense of himself. He gave his time, his energy, his resources, you name it, right? He gave it for this man. The heart of service is, yes, it's compassion and yes, it's closeness, but it's also one that practically cares for those who need it. And it's not, it's not when it's convenient, but it's when there is a need, right? If you notice in the parable, uh, the route that he's taking is from Jerusalem to Jericho. So if you like, do some history work with that, that's like 18 miles through like a pretty rocky terrain in an arid climate, super hot, right? Um, that would be like the equivalent from Riverside Drive to Houston Levee, like walking on a day much like this weekend has been, just extremely hot, it's just steaming, right? Um, and so we see that this man, regardless of like his own convenience, sees this dude in need and he gets off of his animal and puts him on it and he walks the rest of the way. I don't know how far of a walk it was, but we know that in his care, he gave himself and whatever it may have cost him to elevate and to care for this man. Because honestly, 
I think what Jesus wants us to see and wanted the lawyer to see is that meeting the needs of others is never an inconvenience. It's an act of love. Bless you. Uh, <laughs> it's an act of love. And, and, and so like the last movement that we see in relation to that is a commitment to them. Right? So we see that we're called to be compassionate. We're called to move towards others in compassion. And we're called to care for them and meet their physical needs, not just the things that we think they may need, but to meet the needs that they actually have. And the last thing that we're called to do is commit, like show commitment to them. There might be a better word than commitment, but y'all like my C's, I've, of course, so I wanted to stick with that. Um, but what I want us to see is that the Samaritan was committed to the good of the man. If you look in verse 35, it tells us that the next day he took out two denarii and he gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of them. And whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. The Samaritan was so committed to the good of the man that he moved him towards something better. I don't know where the Samaritan had to be. I don't know what he was up to. I don't know if he had like a Grizzlies game to go to or what. But I do know that he left and he said in two days, like he gave him two days of wages and then he said he would come back. But, he, but we do, we, what we do know is that he enabled the innkeeper, at least financially, to continue to care for the man while he couldn't. And he was committed to return. And so there's a responsibility that we have as good neighbors who serve to be so committed to the good of our neighbors that we move them to something better. And not just like, you know, we give them a bottle of water and say, best of luck, you'll figure it out. But we like truly like enable them to like land on their feet and to like ha- get the help that they need in different ways. And that might not be through us, but we can enable and empower others to do so as well. And that's what we see that the, man, the Samaritan did. See, the beauty of these four movements is that they're not isolated just to this story, just to this parable, right? But they're actually, they're actually like evident and embodied in the life of Jesus. When Jesus saw the crowds, for example, what was he filled with? Compassion, right? And in his compassion, because they were helpless like sheep without a shepherd, he moved towards them and he healed them of their afflictions. He cared for the needs that they actually had. And then he tells them, follow me, come with me, right? He's committed to them. We can even take it a step further and say that God himself, when he identifies you know, his character in the Bible, he says like, I'm a God who's merciful, I'm a God who's compassionate. And he was so compassionate, so stirred up with this deep care for us because he sees us in our state as like dead in our sin that he sent his son, draws near to us, he comes close to us. He sent Jesus, and Jesus comes, and Mark 10, 45 tells us that the son of man, he came not to be served, but to, there y'all go, y'all are killing it, great, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. He gave his life for the thing that we needed the most, which is life. We needed the forgiveness of our sins. And Jesus provided that for us. And then when he resurrects and he's about to ascend into heaven, he says, and behold, I'm with you always. He's committed to us. So this, this example that we see of 
the Samaritan is one that is actually in reality Jesus and his commitment to us. And he calls us and invites us into the same thing with compassion, with closeness, with care and commitment. So the question that I have is like, what about us? You know, like what would it take for us to embody these four movements of service towards our, towards our neighbor? It's like love our neighbors and do so in a way that serves them. And I'm gonna be honest with you because I like to be honest. I don't wanna just get up here and chit chat for a little bit, but maybe you can relate with me, but I think for me, what I need to do is to like, to slow down, to truly see those who are around me, um, to not like idolize my comfort and my convenience and just like the plans that I have every single day to just meet what I want, but to truly allow myself to, it's a fun term, but to like be interruptible so that I can like see people and see what they need and then meet that. And not to fulfill something within me, but to truly just like show them the heart of Christ towards them. And I don't know what it looks like for you. You might relate to me in that. I don't know what it looks like for you. I don't know if God has, like I don't know the people that God has put like in your clinics or in your classrooms or in your apartment complexes or on the corners of your street. And y'all can see I'm sticking with these C's. Um, I was funny, you caught it later. Um, but one thing that I do know is that they don't just have needs that need to be met, but they are people that need to be served. It's not just things that we can do to fix a situation, but they are people that genuinely need to be loved, and we can do that through service to them. And I think our tendency is to truly sit here and think, and this is mine, is to think like, what can I do to serve this week? Like, what can I do to serve this week? But if we're approaching it through that lens of like, what is the thing that I can do instead of like, who is the person I can serve? Then we're missing it. You know what I mean? There's a disconnect. So I really, I really hope that we see that it's like people first. And, and the reason that we are people first instead of just like fixing first is because that's how God has approached us. He met us in our greatest need. And sometimes, we, it's sometimes honestly, we can, we can be honest, like there's times where we're like, I wish God would do this in our lives, but God has done exactly and provided exactly what we need when we need it, you know? And he always has and he always will. And so I, I ask, can I like, can, we, can I challenge y'all something, with something today, you know? We, we've been trying to do like challenges throughout this series um, to encourage us to be like, good neighbors and to like know our neighbors and, and whatnot. But can I challenge you that this week, will you move towards your neighbors and find one way to serve them? Can I challenge you with that? Like, will y'all commit to that? To like actually like move towards someone that you see and know them and like allow like the compassion to stir within you to actually meet the needs that they have. Because our city, I mean, Memphis, we're not, we're not blind. It's a place of great need. Um, we see the ramifications of sin and brokenness every single day. And I mentioned earlier that it'd be easy to just turn like a blind eye. Um, but Jesus invites us to follow his example of service towards other, 
and in service towards others, we actually serve Jesus. Matthew 25, 34 through 40 says, then the king will say to those on his right, the righteous, come, you are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For, this is Jesus, for I was hungry and you gave me food. And I was thirsty and you gave me drink and I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me and I was in prison and you came to me. And then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? And when do we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them. Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Jesus not only calls us to follow his example of service, but he actually identifies himself with the people of the greatest need. In our service to others, we actually serve him. And it's, it's this crazy like dynamic where there's like, you know, he calls us to like follow his example because he served us. But in the same way, as we serve those of the greatest need, we also serve Christ. And now this, this concept, it's, pretty, it's significant. It's, it's very significant, but it's also very practical. So, and, and, and in fact, many of you are actually like walking in service towards others. So what I want to do is actually invite, I'm, I'm not, I know there's two chairs up here and I haven't sat down once. Uh, I actually want to invite Nate Douglas uh, to, the, to come up here. We love Nate. Um, to just share a little bit about what service has looked like in his life. Um, and yeah. Hey, Nate. Hey, we're super grateful just for the time that we have. I think it is. Is it on? Can y'all hear him? I don't know if I trust this chair. Okay, it's going to be great. We're going to make it work. (laughs) Well, Nate, uh, number one, dude, we're just grateful just for your willingness to share. Um, I want to know a little bit about just like what service has meant to you in your life. How have have you like seen it? Well, what service means to me, um, I mean, it's service is, is love. Yeah, you know, it's not just a love language. It is mm. love to serve. I mean, there's a, you know, physical service. There's emotional service. There's, you know, hospitality service, um, and just just being able to do that, yeah. receive that, is really like really impactful. Yeah, um, like I've I've done. A number of like you know physical acts I've gone down and done, um, you know disaster relief for Louisiana, yeah. Alabama, just standing in people's roofs that a tree knocked a hole in and I'm cutting a tree out of their house, you know, tarping a roof that's super sketchy, you oh, know, yeah, for like, sure. It's something that probably shouldn't have been on that roof. <laughs> um, to just emotional support, you know, me and my wife have gone through a lot with uh you know trying to start a family have yeah. a family and uh you know we've we've made connections uh with kingdom church i mean it's uh and they've come to be our best friends and we've been with them through their yeah. struggles they've been with mm-hmm. us through ours and 
just having that emotional support and giving that emotional support um, is huge. Yeah. And you learn how to support somebody. Mm -hmm. And that instead of asking a question like, hey, what can I do for you? Is there, because that puts that, that puts that responsibility yeah, on you. For sure. You know, instead of coming to me like, hey, can I do your laundry? Mm. Can I clean your house? Yeah. Can I watch your kids and let you just go out and cry in a public park? You know? And sometimes like, that's needed. Yeah. It's like, like, you bring your offers to the table. You don't like make them do extra work on top of their grief, on top of their struggles, yeah. their stress. For sure. What, so. you, what I hear you saying in a lot of ways is like, you have to know people mm -hmm. in order to meet those needs for them Yeah, and take initiative in those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm grateful that that's the heart that you have. Um, is there like any like encouragements or like practical things that you would share with us today when it comes to like, what, what, like how to like serve others? Yeah, I mean, I think of the the commandment Christ gave us to love your neighbor as yourself. Like that is such like a, like a, such a basic, yeah. um, not knocking it, you know, but like such a basic commandment. It's like do the bare minimum. Hmm. I was like, that's not a high bar <laughs> to love your neighbor as yourself. It's really not like yeah. we make it a high bar by saying, oh, well, I have this and I, I have this after work and then I'm full Monday through Friday. Just be available. Yeah. Hmm. Like you actually have to schedule in time to make yourself available hmm. so you can serve, so you can help. Hmm. Um, being busy all the time is, it's exhausting. But sure. like, you know, it's also being available as an intentional act. Yeah. You know, so, uh, just try. I mean, you know, it's kind of unfair to compare ourselves to Christ, but uh, I mean, he set the standard like yeah. to his dying breath. He was serving. Yeah. He, he was nailed to a cross, looked at the guy next to him, was like, how can I help? Yeah. Dude. It's crazy. <laughs> you're like, your problems aren't that. Yeah. Like, sure. I know people got some real problems <laughs> in here, but like, it's not that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You, you can you can ask someone how can I pray for you? Mm. Like that's that's big for like some people. Yeah. You know? Especially men, you don't know what they're going through. Yeah. Dudes don't talk about their feelings. <laughs> you can come up to a dude, hey man, let me pray for you. Yeah. My heart's just burning to show you love. Mm. It's huge. Yeah, dude. I'm what I see is like there's this like level of like accessibility that we need to have mm -hmm. with people. Yeah. We can be so busy sometimes. Um and it's not even things that we have to do, but it's like, it's like almost like reshaping the things that we deem as necessary and we deem as convenient um, so that we can meet people and we can love people and serve them in a way that like uplifts them and truly gives them life. Just like the example of Christ, like you said. Yeah, yeah dude. Well, hey, I'm super grateful um, for you and just your willingness and your heart behind it. I don't know if y'all know this, but would you mind sharing? You have some news for people about. Yeah, I mean, I I love service so yeah. much, and you know, I love being in stressful, horrible situations. I I uh, I joined uh, the Memphis Fire Department, yeah. and I start tomorrow. Yeah, so. that's huge. And so, yeah. It's just so cool because what, what we see in Nate's heart and what we see in his life is that he's actually committed his, not just his like occupation, but his life to genuinely 
an occupation that serves people. Like that's all it is in a lot of ways and like meets people in their greatest needs. And so we just thank you for setting that example too. You know, yeah. we're super grateful for that. Hey, y'all give it up for Nate. Um, um, if y'all want to hear more of Nate's story and more of his heart, uh, we have a little podcast that we have filmed. Um, and you can find it on the website. There's more information. And, um, but yeah, we're just super grateful for people like Nate and his heart. Hey, as we, as we close um, this morning, I want us to like, yeah, I just want to invite all of us to move toward God in response. We're about to sing a song um, called All the Poor and Powerless. And the premise of this song um, is it, it identifies us as, as those in need to all the poor and powerless, all who are lost and lonely. All right, we identify with those who have deep need. And in that need, we recognize that Jesus himself has drawn near to us and that he's given us life. And so this morning, as, as, we, as we sing sing to him, I just want to encourage and challenge us to like think about God's heart of service towards us and how when we were far from him and um, dead in our sin that he, he drew near to us and, and he cares for us and he meets us with compassion and he meets us with his presence and he meets us with genuine care and he's committed to us. And I don't, I don't know where you're at. I don't know the stage of life that you're in per se. But what I do know this is that Jesus does, and he cares, um, and he causes us to just sit at his, and he, just, he causes us to sit, sit at his feet, just to worship him. And so this morning, as we sing, we're going to have some prayer counselors come to the front, and I just encourage you, if you need to respond, if you need to pray, if you have something that you're just struggling with. You have questions about what it means to follow Jesus, this Jesus who's committed to you. Come, speak to them. They want to answer those questions. Um, Because at the end of the day, yes, we are called to be neighbors who serve. But we can't do that well or at all until we recognize the one who's done that for us. And that's Christ. So in this time, allow others and allow the spirit of God to serve you. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to continue worship, and we invite you to move forward. Father, we're grateful just for the time that we've had this morning to hear your heart. God, you desire for us to be good neighbors who serve, because God, you're so committed to the good of those around us, and you des- and you you want to work in and through us so that your creation, your world will be made new. God, that we can worship, that we can know you, that we can find new life in you through the forgiveness of our sins. God, in this moment, I just pray that we 
sense your presence, that we, rec- we recognize the way that you serve us. And in that, God, we commit to serve others in a way that is not tied to what's convenient, that's not tied to what's resourceful, that's not tied to our schedules, but God, it's tied to people. God, help us to see people with your eyes, made in your image, and that the needs that they have aren't burdens, but God, they're they're things to be embraced and to be carried with them. We love you, Jesus, and we ask that you continue to move in this time. And then we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this Bible teaching from Island Community Church. We want to encourage you to join us for worship in person soon. No podcast can replace God's good design of gathering with other believers in a local church. For more gospel resources and ways to connect with our church, visit us at iccmemphis.com. We offer a prayer of blessing for you from Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope.